Hey, great to see you. Ugly sweater uh, Sunday. Thanks for being here. I told some people that if they wore a Dallas Cowboys sweater, a lock to win. A lock. That's the ugliest sweater I've ever seen in my life. Dallas Cowboys. Who's with me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's some people of God here. That's awesome. That is awesome. Okay, so um, here's, here's my sweater. I did not purchase this sweater, just in case you, it has our... I think they'll show it on the screen, right? It has our dog, Chloe. Not our dog, Krista's dog. Uh, I did not get this sweater. Krista got the sweater just for today, handed it to me, and said, you're wearing this. Here's the deal with the sweater. It's, it's so strange because she thinks that this dog is the greatest thing in the world. She thinks this is the most beautiful dog in the world. I don't. She does, okay? And she said, you're going to wear this on ugly sweater Sunday, something that you think is so beautiful. I said to her just recently, I said, my problem with you and this dog and our house and the whole thing is you love the dog more than you love me. She says, I don't love the dog more than I love you. I love the dog equally with you. (laughs) Equally with you. That's a problem. So what I want to say to you is this is a very complicated sweater. It's a complex sweater. Uh, You know, uh, oh, I was going to say something else. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to move on before I get in trouble. All right. Uh, Buddha and Nisa, my brother Buddha, read the uh, scripture with Nisa uh, just a few moments ago. Famous, famous Christmas passage, right, about light coming down. Uh, Matthew actually quotes Isaiah 9 in, it, when he's telling the Christmas story and the impact of Jesus and all the changes and how wonderful it is. I just want to read the opening line to you again because just, it's just so good. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. What does darkness represent in the Bible? Darkness represents ignorance. Now, we're not talking IQ here because there's some very, like we're in the smartest county in the United States of America. You've heard me tell tell the story many, many times. This is the smartest county in the United States of America. Just because you're smart doesn't mean you're living a good life, right? Doesn't mean that you're feeling like, oh yeah, I got it all together, okay? That's the deal. This is what we know. So people walking in darkness have seen a great light. What is this light? Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shown. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. So joy has increased. And the reason why that we need to see for this Christmas, the reason that joy has increased because light has increased. So what exactly is light? The Bible says that Jesus is light. Jesus says that Jesus is light. We're told that the word of God, your word is a lamp to my feet. We're told that the word is light, that Jesus is light. What is this light? Wisdom is light. The Bible says that wisdom is light. Now, everybody, do you know why God gave you shin bones? Okay. Are there any like scientists or doctors in the house about, you know, why God gave you shin bones? I see the hand over there, brother. To discover furniture. To discover in a dark room. That's why God gave you shin bones, okay? And it hurts. You ever stubbed your toe really bad or hit your shin bone in a dark room at night? Okay, what is wisdom? Wisdom is God saying, I'm going to turn on the lights for you so that you don't have to keep in your life, in your very complex life that you're living, okay? You don't have to keep hitting the furniture. You don't have to keep hitting problems. I'm going to flip the lights on for you. What is that light? That light is wisdom. It is wisdom. Today, the key to Christmas is the wisdom of God, the very wisdom of God. I want to share with you a, uh, a present that I wish somebody had given me many years ago in my understanding of the Bible, Christmas, this whole big package. I wish I had been given this gift a long time ago. Christmas is all about the light entering the world. It's all about the word incarnating or wisdom coming down. And here's what I'd like to say at the outset. Wisdom is 
how to successfully navigate your very complex world. Wisdom is how to navigate. In the Bible, wisdom is how to navigate your very complex world. You think about our universe. Our universe is complex, you know, with all these stars. What were the mathematical, what were the complex mathematical equations going on in the universe when it was smaller than your pinky? That's pretty complex, right? You are complex. Now, if you're sitting next to somebody that you know and they have a sense of humor, turn to them and say, there's nothing simple about you. Okay, nothing simple about you. Now, now, if that person doesn't have a sense of humor, please just look forward, look forward, look forward. Don't say, don't say anything. See, the wonder of you is there's nothing simple about you. The wonder of you, which is the title of our message today, is there's nothing simple about you. You are very complex. And the reason we have Christmas and the reason we have wisdom is God is giving us the gift that we need that matches our very complex world and our very complex lives. Our, our universe is not simple. There's nothing simple about you. There's nothing simple about the universe. There's nothing simple about the Bible. There's nothing simple about baby Jesus in a manger. There's nothing simple about this ridiculous sweater that I'm wearing today. It's all very complex. Um, as a child, as a child, Christmas is simple, right? You're on the naughty list or the nice list. It's simple. You're going to get a present. You're going to get a lump of coal. It's simple. There's Jesus in a, in, in a manger. It's very, very simple. But as you grow up, life is not that simple, is it? It begins to get very complex. The Apostle Paul famously says in 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I had to put childish ways behind me. So, we have to put childish ways behind us and realize that we're not living in a simple world and your life and my life is not simple. It is very complex. And God is going to help us with those very complex decisions that you and I have to make on a regular basis. Now, I just want to read you. Think about how complex this is. I'm going to read you one verse from the Gospel of John, the book of John, and it is John's version of the Christmas story. Now, check this out. This is what he says. Here's his version of the Christmas story. There's nothing simple about this. The word became flesh. Jesus is the word. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Now, if it can't be more complex than that, I mean, he didn't, he could have said Jesus became flesh. He had to say the word, which is, is a whole complex thing. Like gallons of ink have been spilled over what is this word? Gallons of ink have been spilled over. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus is 100% divine and 100% human. How does that work? That's a very complex thing. Theologians have been trying to figure this out forever, forever. How exactly does that work? It's complex. Uh, week one of this series, two weeks ago, uh, Mary and Joseph. Beautiful story. We look back on it now and we say a beautiful story. I want you to think about this. Is it a, it is a very, it's nothing simple about that story. Mary shows up one day, they're engaged, get married, says, hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. But don't worry about it. God caused it. That's a complicated conversation. I know we like to make Christmas simple, but that's a very, I mean, let's just deal with it. I mean, that's the reality. It's a very complex, how does that work? I don't know how it works. Check this out. It says that Jesus Christ in John's version right there, John 1, 14, he's full of grace and truth. Grace and truth, grace and, those are two opposites. They're butting each other's head. God forbid on the way home today, you get stopped by a police officer because you're spitting, right? Just God forbid that that happens to you. You get stopped, okay? Here's what grace says. Grace says, let them off. Don't write them a ticket. Just let them go. Here's what truth says. Write them the ticket. 
Well, which one is it? Is it the ticket or no ticket? Which one is it? And Jesus Christ embodies these two contradictory things. You know why? Because Christmas, Jesus and wisdom is very, very complex. I'd like you to repeat with me this time. I'm gonna show it to you. And let's repeat it because I think it's really important as we think about Christmas and your life and my life and all the stuff that goes on, all right? Life is complex, wisdom is success. So could you, could you just repeat? Because I want you to remember that, right? One, two, three. Life is complex, wisdom is success. I want to try to unpack that if I can this morning. Joshua 1.8 very famously says these words. Let the words from the book of the law be always be on your lips. Meditate on them day and night. So when the Bible says to meditate on something day and night, it means you're working at it. It's not easy. It's not simple. It means you're working at it. You're meditating on day and nights so that you may be careful, intentional, careful to live all that is written in it. If you do, what's going to happen if I do? As you make your way through this world, you will prosper and always find success. The Bible says we will find success. Now, what, how does the Bible define success? The Bible defines success by you being the best version that you can possibly be in the eyes of God. Through the wisdom of God, through the word of God, means you being the best friend that you can be, the best brother or mother or father or daughter, the best leader, the best manager, the best employee, right? It means that you are navigating all of that, all of the complexities of this world and you're navigating, you're going to navigate Christmas well. Now, some of us are very excited that we're going to see our family members during this Christmas season. And as Pastor Parker said last week, some of us are looking forward to hiding out in the bathroom somewhere. It's very complex. What does it mean that you have wisdom to be successful? It means you can navigate the complex situations within your family and within your friends, and you could do it as best. I didn't say all the problems are going to go away, but you're going to navigate it really, really well. You're going to navigate your frustration during Christmas. You're going to navigate your stress during Christmas. You're going to learn to be able to, with wisdom, to know what to say no to. What to say. We'll talk about Jesus in just a moment. Jesus had lots of awesome opportunities that he walked away from. You're going to know what, what, what opportunities before you that look, just look incredible. They look awesome. And they will be good, except for they're going to stress your life out. They're going to just sabotage your life. You're going to know which ones to walk away from and which ones to walk to. You're going to know which relationships to be in and which ones you need to extract yourself from. This is what wisdom is. Okay, here is what uh, Paul's version of the Christmas story, Colossians. This is what he says. Check it out. Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know what the purpose of wisdom is? The purpose of wisdom is to deal, the primary function of wisdom in the Bible is to deal with the complexities of life, the stuff that you deal with and I deal with, the stuff that makes our life miserable to live. Wisdom comes in and takes the misery out. It turns the light on. We don't hit our shin as much. It makes life better. That wisdom is the key thing that does that. Wisdom is the thing that does that. And this is where we need wisdom. Now, if life was simple, if life was really simple, we wouldn't need wisdom. I mean, by its primary function, we wouldn't need it, which means we wouldn't need Jesus, which means we wouldn't need Christmas. You wouldn't need it. But you do need it because life is very complex. Look at what Colossians 1.17 says, speaking about Jesus. He holds everything together. Why is that? 
Why is he holding? He's holding everything together because there's so much stuff going on in this world and so much stuff going on in your life and so much stuff going on in Washington, D.C. He's holding the many pieces. He's not like he's holding one piece or what like a rope, like he's having a tug of war or something. No, no. There's a lot of stuff that is happening. The primary function of wisdom is holding together a complicated world. Now, I used to approach the world like this, right? Like the simple word of God. That's what I've been in church all my life, right? I was told that this Bible right here is the simple, the simple truth of God's word. That's what it is. And here's, I want to show you an image of how I approach the Bible as a result of that. Look at this puzzle right here. That was the Bible to me. Okay. If the Bible is wisdom literature, it can't be that. Because wisdom literature, by its very nature, is extremely complex. And so the way I approached the Bible, the way I approached Christmas, was in a complete opposite way from where I should have approached it. And therefore, I was missing out on the light. I was missing out on the transformation. I was missing out on the power. People say, you know, I, I tried the Bible. I tried Jesus for a little bit. It just didn't work for me. Like taking a shot, right? It didn't, it didn't work for me. Because, because most people, particularly particularly in America, we think that that's the Bible. Let me show you another image about if the Bible is wisdom literature, as the Bible claims to be, this is what it would look like. Because that's the way your world looks. Your world is complex. You have a lot of complex issues and people and situations to deal with. And so what the Bible is saying is wisdom, wisdom is matching the complexity of wisdom is matching the complexity of your life. God says, I am giving you a gift. I'm going to bring joy to you. You have to understand it's very, very complex. This is what you're approaching. This is what the Bible says. Now, has anybody ever heard of this term? Because I I heard it many, many, many years. I don't hear it anymore. But here's the term. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Has anybody in this room ever heard that? Thank you very much. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Okay? This is fantastic. Very simple, very straightforward, makes total sense. Let's look at some of the things that God said in his magnificent word. And it is magnificent. This is what God said. Proverbs 26. Don't answer a fool when they speak foolishly. Very next verse. Answer fools when they speak foolishly. Well, which one is it? Well, wait a minute. You know what wisdom helps you to do? It helps you to know when to speak and when not to speak. Okay? Now, you know, Krista told me that our marriage would do so much better if I just learned that wisdom between the two, when to speak and when to not speak. Do you, do you, do you want, are any husbands in the room like, oh yeah, baby. <laughs> I, how many times you said to yourself, I wish I would have just shut up. I say that to myself all the time. Oh, if you just, if you just would have just shut up. Uh, all right, I'm going to tell this story. I was, I knew this guy. <laughs> It's not about me, but I knew this guy <laughs> and he really liked to preach. You know what I'm saying when he really liked to preach? It means he preached a really long time. And so he goes to his wife after, after the service of, what do you think? She said, I wish you would have just shut up. So that's, <laughs> that's a tough thing to take. Krista's kind of sort of never said that to me. Um, okay. So wisdom helps you know when to speak and when not to speak. It's very complex. It's not easy. Sometimes you should, sometimes you should. How about this? God says in his word that you should not lie. Don't lie. I think it's in the 10 commandments. Does anybody know if it's in the 10 commandments? Don't lie. Okay. Okay. Very good. Thank you very much. I saw that hand right there. It's in the, it's very straightforward. It's a very simple truth that the 10 commandments are in Exodus chapter 20. You know what happens in Exodus chapter one? The midwives lie to Pharaoh and God says, way to go midwives. I'm going to bless you for lying. How about the parable of the shrewd manager? 
Jesus tells this great parable of the shrewd manager. Now, the scripture clearly says, don't steal. Don't, I, that's also in the Ten Commandments. Don't steal. And Jesus tells this parable and gets to the end of it. It's like, way to go, shrewd manager, for stealing. What is happening here? It's very complex. You know why it's complex? Because it's wisdom literature. And because it's wisdom literature, it helps. Those contradictions aren't by accident. They are intentional. They are intentionally there because all wisdom literature has contradictions. If the contradictions, so the seminar I went to says, look, there's contradictions in there. You can't trust God's word. Wrong. Why didn't somebody in my seminary say, this is ancient Hebrew wisdom literature. The contradictions are to be expected. If it didn't have it, it wouldn't be called wisdom literature. And it says it's wisdom literature. You, you, are you following me? You, 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 know, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Oscar Wilde. You know what Oscar Wilde said? Great quote, Oscar Wilde. He said, the intelligent contradict others. The wise contradict themselves. Let's just think about that for a second. This is This is light. This right here will help you navigate life like nobody's business. It's been doing it for years, decades, millennia. It is phenomenal. It is, it has been the source. I'm not going to, I would love just to go down a history list of telling you how it has changed our world in magnificent ways. I don't have time and I've done it many times before. This should be studied like all get out. Now check this one out. Romans three. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. That's beautiful. James 2, Jesus' brother. You see that a person is justified by works, not by faith alone. God's word said it. I believe it. That settles it. Which one is it? You see, sometimes we need more works added to our faith, and sometimes we need more faith added to our works. You also have two different audiences. You got a lot of stuff that's going on here. It's complicated. It's not simple. It's complex, like your life and like my life. Um, we are going to study the Sermon on the Mount in 2024. Jesus sits down and just pours forth wisdom, which is light, to light our path, to help us to navigate all the things we go through. We're going to take it slow because wisdom's slow. We're just going to very slowly trek our way through this. And we'll unpack very difficult contradictions like that right there, and they'll begin to make sense. But you have to approach God's word the way it is meant to be approached. And it says it's wisdom literature, and it should be approached that way. The human brain wants simple. We know this. Science tells us this. This is simple. The human brain wants simple. The human brain doesn't want to work hard. The human brain doesn't want effort. It wants to easily, quickly package things away. Like, boom, there it is. That's all you need. That's what Wisdom... Wisdom is not easy. Wisdom takes a lot of hard work. You have to roll your sleeves up and just like burn some calories up in your brain just to figure it out. That's what it calls for us to do. Now, uh, we did, uh, we did uh, earlier this year, we did this series, um, Love is Blind, it's a relationship series um, based off of that Netflix thing. Uh, and in it, I was reading two different scientists who take a look at relationships scientifically. And one of them, by the name of Stan Tatkin, highly acclaimed, looks at relationships scientifically. He says, he says I was listening to him do a lecture. He says, listen, let's just, let's just, let's just say it. Here's the bottom line about relationships. You want a great relationship? Hard work, period, straight up. Go ahead and get it in your mind. You, you know, when you first meet somebody and you're feeling all those butterflies in your stomach, you think there's no hard work involved here. Oh, oh, oh it's coming. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's coming. It's coming. 
It's coming like a freight train is coming, right? And he said, it's hard work. Nothing great, nothing great happens without great effort. Nothing great happens. And wisdom for sure takes a great amount of effort. Now, who, who, here, is, um, who here is into poetry? Anybody into poetry? Poetry? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We have three people in the room that are into poetry. We had a bunch of people into poetry in the first. Now, when I ask you if you're into poetry, like I'm asking you, do you, do you, do you read it or study it often? Because some people are, I'm really into poetry. It's like, when's the last time you read it? 10 years ago? Okay. I'm talking about you like, you like poetry. You read, you read it all the time. This is what I did uh, just actually this past week. I went to chat GPT and I typed in to chat. I said, hey, chat, uh, how can I understand poetry better? And you know what it said back to me? It said, hey, John, Poetry is very complex. You might want to study something else. That's what it said back to me. It told me it's very complex. It says, the words in poetry are very nuanced. I am not into poetry. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not into poetry. Do you know who is into poetry? You know who's into poetry? Any moment take a guess? Krista. Ah, Krista, Krista. <laughs> Much more than me, for sure. God is into poetry. One third of this Bible right here is poetry. And it's very complex because that's what poetry is, right? I needed for me to make a leapfrog forward in my life being transformed and walking around with light. I needed to approach this as a very complex, beautiful piece of literature that I need to study really hard, not as the just simple, easy word of truth. It's very, very difficult. Now, uh, let me give you just a couple other points. One thing, Moses. Moses goes up on the mountain, everybody, to receive, basically to receive this, okay? He gets the Ten Commandments, represents, represents the first five books of the Bible, all the law. He goes up there, he's hanging out with God, and we're told this. It says, God carved out a stone, these two stone tablets, and literally put five words on one tablet and five words on the other tablet. That's what happens. And then God says, here you go. Here's a gift, Moses. Go on down, because the people down below, they're like all kinds of shenanigans are going on down there. They, they, they're worshiping this golden calf, and it's terrible. Moses goes down. He gets all kinds of upset. He throws them down, throws the tablets down, and then he grinds them to dust and says, I'm going to make all of you people drink it. That's a crazy scene. It's, wild. it's very complex, very interesting, but he busts them. And God says, now, come on back up the mountain. Go on back up to the mountain, and God sits down with Moses, and they start talking again. And God says, now, you broke the Ten Commandments, so I need you to carve two stone tablets, and I need you to etch into that stone the ten words that are there. You do it. They were a gift the first time. This time, you got to make them yourself. You know how long it takes to carve out stone tablets? You know how long it takes to etch in the ten words that are there? Like Moses is sweating. He's spending a lot of time up there. It's a huge amount of effort. Check this out. When he comes down the mountain the second time, you got to ask yourself, why when he came down the mountain the first time did this not happen? When he comes down the second time, we're told this. His face, he doesn't know it. His face is all lit up. It's all shiny. What does that represent in the Bible? It represents wisdom. It represents light. He comes down, it's all shiny. Now, why? Why wasn't it that way the first time? Because wisdom, everybody's not a gift. It's a gift, but it's not a gift. We're told in the Bible it's a gift. But we're also told it's not a gift. It's both. Wisdom, by its very nature, takes experience. It takes effort. And so when Moses comes down, after he has put the effort in, his face is all shiny. Solomon, famous, wise King Solomon, asks for God. God says, ask anything. He's 18 years old. Ask for anything. He asks for wisdom. God says, great choice. 
Because you've asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you all the other stuff. You're just, it's going to be awesome. But there's something very dangerous in asking for the gift of wisdom because wisdom is not a gift. Well, it's a gift, but it's not a gift. And how does, how does Solomon end his life? Very foolish. Very foolish. His life, at the end of his life, the beginning of his life was awesome. The end of his life was an absolute disaster. God doesn't want that to be you. God does not want that to be me. God wants us. Like Pastor Brian said this this past week. Is, you know what? Wisdom. Wisdom is a gift that takes grit. Wisdom is a gift that takes grit. You have to go after it. Look what Proverbs chapter 3 says. It. This is how it puts it. Blessed are those who find wisdom. Those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She's more precious than ruby. You hear the passion that's there? The seeking, the searching, the the sweat that's going into this. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways. And all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be Blessed. I'm asking the music team to come out because we want to sing joy to the world. And I want to explain something because right here in Proverbs, it says it's tree of life. Now, I want you to look at this image on the screen. It says the Bible, wisdom, the Bible, wisdom is a tree of life. Look at all those roots there. I was told that it's the simple word of God. There should just be one root. It should be very, very simple. But look at all those roots. Every tree has a complex root system. That's the word of God. And that's what wisdom is. Your life is like a tree. Your life is like a tree. You're dealing with a lot of complexity, aren't you? One of these roots represents your professional life. One of those roots represents your personal life. One of those roots represents your financial life. One of those roots represents your romantic life, your career, your battle, your battle with depression, your battle with addiction, your battle with anger, your battle with lust. This is what this very complex tree represents with this complex root system. And God has given us at Christmas time, at Christmas time, God has given us a God who matches the complexity of our life with the complexity of his wisdom so that we can have light in our life and we don't have to knock against the furniture and writhe around in pain as a result of it. This is what God does for us. Decisions are powerful, everybody. All of your decisions, compiling, compiling, has led you here this morning. Decisions are powerful. If you change your decisions, you will change your life. What if wisdom would help you to make better decisions? Better decisions. Better decisions about your life. I think about looking back on my life and the decisions that I made compared to after I realized that this word is very complex and I should approach it differently. I look at before I knew that and the decisions I've made and I look at after that and the decisions I've made. I look at how I dealt with setbacks or frustration or my marriage or anger. Night and day, night and day, things improve. Look, a lot of us struggle with self-worth or self-confidence. I want you to think about Jesus for a moment. Jesus' first sermon that he ever gave in his hometown of Nazareth. It's tough when people fall asleep when you preach. It just is. That's why we keep the lights down in here so I can't see you fall asleep. All right? <laughs> just, let's, just, just be honest about that. So it's one thing for people to fall asleep. We're told that the whole crowd listening to his first sermon drove him out of the church and to a cliff because they wanted to kill him. Now, that's a bad day. That's a bad day. 
and when you have that kind of knock against your self-confidence and your self-worth, you have a lot of voices up in your head and they say a lot of bad stuff about you. Anybody ever heard those voices? Of course, all of us hear those voices. Wisdom helps you to deal in a productive way, in a wise way with all of those voices that rage in our head that say you're not enough. None of us like to be taken advantage of or trapped. I noticed in reading about Jesus that people were trying to trap him all the time and were told that his wisdom got out of it, got him out of it. Look, none of us here want to be deceived. None of us here want to be taken advantage of. None of us here want to be put in a trap. We want to see through all of that mess. We want to be able to discern right through it and see what the truth is. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. God wants you to have a magnificent Christmas, a fantastic 2024, but it's going to take this key concept of wisdom. Uh, I'm going to invite you in a minute to, to the prayer wall. I asked our prayer team to pray all this week, all right? They're handing out wisdom lights over here, gifts of wisdom. They're going to pray for you that you would have the gift of wisdom. I'm going to pray for you to have the gift of wisdom, but you got to know it's a gift that takes grit. It's something you have to commit to, Okay pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the wonderful people, your people, your people that you love so much in this room. We're dealing with a lot of complex issues. We've got personal struggles we're dealing with, and then we've got issues that we're dealing with other people in our life, whether on a personal level or a professional level or in the neighborhood or wherever it might be. We're dealing with so much, God. May you gift us with this light to shine upon us so that we would stop banging our shins against all the furniture that's scattered around the worlds that we live in. May we walk in the success that you want for us, as your word says, God, with more peace and more purpose and less stress and less struggle. God, may you gift us. Shine your great light into our hearts and our lives. In Christ's name, amen.